Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous with your host, Lauren Conlon. Hey guys, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. I hope everyone's hanging in there. Um, I know certain states are starting to open up, which is super exciting. Um, I'm getting a little a uh, little bit of Zoom fatigue, which I think is normal, but I'm going to keep on keeping on. So um, today I want to spotlight an incredible short film called The Zim. So The Zim is the winner of multiple film festivals, including the LA Shorts International Film Festival. It won Best of the Fest, and it also won Best Narrative Short at the Studio City International Film Festival as well. And it was nominated for an Ardios Award which is excellence in casting. So this film, um, The Zim, was director Alexander Bedria's directorial debut, and he also wrote it and he starred in it. So this movie, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about it. I watch a lot of short films, and um, this one was by far my favorite, and and no offense to any other short films I've watched, but this one just, it hooked me from beginning to end I don't know how to describe it. It just, it, you know, short films, sometimes I get nervous uh, about the, the writing and the dialogue that could, it could be a little cheesy. And this one was just, um, it was just spot on. So Alexander Bedria, again, I said he wrote it and he started it and he played a farmer or he plays a farmer in this film in Zimbabwe who struggles to protect his home and his land um, just amidst the violent turmoil of the 2001 Zimbabwe land seizures. And I'm sure a lot of you are like me and asking yourself, what are you talking about? What are the 2001 land seizures? Um, So yeah, the government in Zimbabwe was just basically taking the land of all of the white landowners um, in the early 2000s because essentially they felt that it was their land to begin with. So obviously um, it's, you know, it was a big deal. They used violence and, um, and I guess, you know, and Alex will talk about it more in our interview, but he's like, nobody made a film about this really. So, you know, I wanted to shed some light on it. Um, And, you know, in short films, the, the character development can sometimes be lacking, but again, this was just this was just so beautifully done. I felt like the character development was was almost perfect. And and again, I mentioned it it just hooked me and engaged me from from the very beginning. So, um yeah, I posted a link where you can watch this movie on my Facebook page, Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. So if you don't follow it, um go to Facebook and follow it and I, you know, I 
gave you guys a link directly to this movie. It's 16 minutes, um, 16 minutes of your life. And honestly, I think your life will be better just from watching it. You'll learn something. You'll be entertained. And and again, Alex and I talk about this in our interview, but it really, it won't depress you. It's not exactly uplifting per se, but it, it's not completely depressing. <laughs> um, but Alex is probably best known for his role um, as Santiago Heimler in the FX show The Mayans. Um, you guys can, I think, stream that show on Hulu right now if you want. But yeah, we just talked about the film and being an actor. And, you know, it's kind of hard to avoid the whole discussion about coping in a pandemic when you're in a pandemic. But um, I, I hope we didn't harp on that too much because I know everyone's getting so sick of it. Uh, we're in this together and blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, I think everyone will really enjoy this conversation with Alex. Um, and especially if you're an aspiring filmmaker or this actor, so I think you'll you'll. Um, enjoy it um, I just a little bit more twice, and I'm completely obsessed with it it's so good and I watch a lot of movies and I um I did a lot for Tribeca this year with the short films so I watched a lot of short films in particular this was the best one and I'm again I have oh. no reason to say that I have zero reason but this was seriously incredible I did wonder why it wasn't in Tribeca just to sort of dive right in, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you know, uh, you know, I made it a couple of years ago and, um, you know, when you make a short film, as I'm sure you know, you just kind of submit it around and mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you just try to, like anything else in the business, it's, um, it's, it's just like, it's just a mass of films going out to these these you know very few really prestigious festivals and they have so many to go through and yeah. there's, there's levels of of like people who watch them and you know um uh, what do they call it programmers uh and and you know we uh, i did submit it to Tribeca and um it would have been an honor but you know we Wait, uh, we didn't so get you in did. okay sorry to interrupt you that's messed up yeah. because this was so much better than some of the ones oh. that I saw. That's insane. Uh, See, that's that, I don't even understand, I guess, how the politics of that work then. I know, you know what I mean? I'm very yeah. concerned about this. Like, well, I, I think, I think um, I've heard all kinds of stories about that. And when we were going through the festival circuit, um, I, you know, having been an actor for a lot of years, you kind of sort of get used to, um, you know, you don't get every audition you go out for. You actually get very few of them. And so for me, I was—I had mentally, I was in a good space to be prepared for whatever the festival journey would present to to me. Um, and so, you know, there were a lot of festivals that that we didn't get into um, that I couldn't really explain why. Um, you know, there'd be festivals that we would win um, that. Uh, you know, I would see some of the films that we were we were uh, competing with. I don't like to use the word competing, but in a festival, you know, they award winners. And so, and there were films that we would we would come out ahead of in certain festivals, and then other festivals that we didn't even get into that those films would win. So it's sort of like you realize, yeah, you don't you don't yeah. take it seriously. Like there was a film a couple of years ago that uh, won the Academy Award for Best Short Film that was very famously rejected from Sundance. Um, yeah. Oh, oh my God! I can't remember the name of it, but um, it uh, it was a wonderful little short, and uh, and it it was maybe two or three years ago, and it was like it, it, part of the sort of the news story behind this short was that it had been rejected from Sundance and a bunch of other festivals, and went on to win the Oscar. So it wow. just shows that like it's a subjective thing. Um, yeah, you know, it 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 certainly helps, I'm sure, to have. Uh, relationships with people higher up in the you know the governing boards of certain festivals um and uh 
you know, it's just the way things are. But, yeah, I, you know, that so being said, oh my yeah, but I'm sure, look, I'm sure, look, congratulations to everyone who, who did get into Tribeca and who does get into Sundance. I mean, it's, everyone's got their own path and that's, and I have my own path and the film had its own path. And I so mean, I'm happy with that. The quality that. of your film is just better than a lot of the ones that I've seen. Um, I don't like, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but that's it's just it's so weird i guess i still i still have a lot to learn on that side um and i i'm not sure what is the criteria um for a short film to be eligible for for an oscar did you are you able to submit for that or is it like the theatrical release like the regular so Oscars? um every year before this year because this year i don't know what's happening with uh you know the pandemic every, the oscars are sort of shifting and changing the rules for certain categories and right. i'm not really sure what it is for the short films but in previous years you had to win a festival uh, or receive a recognition from a festival that was an oscar credited festival so um and it's a good advice for for filmmakers out there who think that your film would be something that the academy would respond to uh you know, not, not that that's any kind of like novel strategy. A lot of people will just submit to the, because the if you go and you try to submit to film festivals, there's like a list. Yeah. I mean, it's a big business. So like there's, yeah. there's festivals all over the world. Every city has a festival, but um, there's maybe a list of, I don't know how many, 25, 30, something like that. Festivals that are accredited, accredited by the Academy that if you right. get into that festival uh, and you win that festival, then you become qualified for an Oscar nomination. Um, okay. And so what ends up happening, it's called the, the long list. And at the end of the year, uh, right around Oscar season, they'll have uh, the Academy will get together and vote on all the films that qualified throughout the year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they'll from that, they'll come out with a short list. And you'll see that in the trades. Like there'll be about 10, 10 films that are selected for sh the short list, uh, announced in like Variety, Hollywood Reporter, and Deadline. Right. And then a couple of weeks later, they'll vote on who's going to be the who are going to be the five nominees. And that's for animated short film, um, documentary short film and also uh, live action short. OK. And the other the other way of getting uh, qualified for the Oscars is your film has to have a um, actual theatrical release. I think over like maybe a week or two weeks week. or something. So yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. it's like three times a day for a week or something like that. Right, yeah. and for short films, you just don't see that that often because it oh. takes a lot of money to do that. Yeah, so exactly. there, yeah, there might be certain people that have the money to do that, um, but as far as I know, most of the films that end up getting nominated and certainly the ones that win the Academy Award won through the festival circuit. I don't know that a lot of films really, because because anybody can buy their way into being qualified, but then the Academy themselves select uh, the films that they want to nominate, of course. Right. So there's a certain criteria of one I thing, quality. Like, I think I should be your manager at this point for this film because I'm like, sure. you need to get it out there. You need so yeah, just to give you context, my husband, he walked by, he's so ADD, and uh, he's like, what are you watching? Oh my gosh. And then he stopped in his tracks, and I, I just started the movie, and um, yeah, he sat and he watched it with me, and he's like, you're interviewing him? He just pulled me in with his acting, and I was like, yeah. So not only um, is he in it, he wrote it, and he directed it, and it's, it's incredible, so he was extremely impressed and I just thank him for me. Thank yes. You for me. I, I felt like that is just something that you should know because you know, you work so hard at this and, um, and not to just go on and on, but I thought that, that this film was so perfect as a short, because I think you could have made it into a feature if you really, really sure. wanted to, because the elements were there, but it was just like, so amazing to, to just like, 
for it to have the character development that it had in such a short amount of time, like, you know, 16 minutes, whatever it was. So um, instead of just like, I guess the buildup, which could have been sort of a letdown for some people, you just right to it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, thank you. Like, I have to take some time to process all that kindness, because that's very, (laughs) very sweet. Um, Yeah, you know, you've seen a lot of shorts, obviously. Um, and I sort of mentally over the years took note in the, uh, on the things that I saw in shorts that I felt weren't quite working for them. And a lot of it was, it wasn't like a full story, right? Like, it's just like people kind of take like a scene or a few scenes or a moment or an idea and, and it might look good or it might sound good and it might have good acting, but like, you need a story to really bring people in and it needs to round out. And I think that, uh, if you're if you're trying to affect your audience at a heart level, if you're really trying to uh, connect with them, that's what they'll remember. They'll really remember. And then uh, alongside of all those those things, they'll remember you know how it looked and the music and the vibe and and all and the subject matter. But if you can connect with them at a heart level, uh, that's what my favorite filmmakers have always done. And I thought, you know, I, I see a lot of really talented directors uh, and and young filmmakers, you know, putting out shorts, and some of them are very visually interesting and, and there's an interesting kind of gimmick or idea and a lot of those films are rewarded at film festivals and they do well and they end up being jumping off points for a lot of careers but uh, for me what interested me was seeing if we'd be able to you know uh, take all the big emotion that you would feel in a big epic film and just see if we could compress it into a, a short a short film and have it work and have it be something that uh, an audience would really connect with at that level and so when you when you yeah. say things like that to me, it's it's very it means a lot because it means yeah. that uh, we're 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 hitting those notes. Oh, I'm so glad! I'm so so glad. Um, and like you know, I know that a lot of short films they don't necessarily have these crazy budgets like a feature film would, um, or or any film in particular, I guess. But the, again, the way that this film looked to me, it. it you looked like you had a huge budget behind you. That so, was the, very much by design. Yeah, like we okay. didn't have a huge wow. budget. I had to raise the money, you know, um, piece by piece over the course of maybe two years. And then once we finished principal photography, I had to raise a little more money to finish it. Um, but yeah, no, the, I knew right away, like if, if this didn't look, if, you, if this didn't look like something you could be flipping through like HBO or Cinemax or something and, and it feel like it belonged there, then we would lose the audience because the subject matter was too... Um, was too big and the ideas were too big to where I felt like psychologically um, not making a judgment on it either way like and uh, we're conditioned as as audience members to expect a certain aesthetic and a look and a feel and a sound to what we're seeing for it to really connect with otherwise like well think about how many times you've seen a short where or even a feature film where um, like the acting is good and the writing is good but just you can tell that they're working on a shoestring budget and they're stretching it thin so That bothers me so much where it's like, why do you even, why do you even do this? Cause you're ruining. It's funny that you say that I actually, again, made, I've covered a a film and I'm not going to say what it was, but I made my whole family watch it and they wanted to kill me because they were like, I don't understand. There's, there's actually a few good actors in this, but it looks so bad. It just doesn't look good. And it's just so confusing as to why I guess that would be acceptable to, to do. I don't know. I think, I think for, um, what I wanted to do is make the story and, and the film accessible to people beyond necessarily the film festival circuit, because the film festival circuit, you know, I think people are in a way they're, they're depending on the festival itself, because every festival is different, but, and what they're looking for is different. Mm-hmm. But um, stylistically, there's a little more leeway 
for things that are a little lower budget, things that look and feel a little lower budget. Uh, and but but mainstream audiences oftentimes, even with really good independent films, they have a hard time jumping on board with um, with the aesthetic if it looks different than what they're used to seeing. For example, like remember when people first started using digital cameras uh, before they really looked the way that they look now, and it looked kind of it looked digitally, right? It looked it looked kind of choppy. And a lot of these films are doing well in film festivals, but they weren't necessarily connecting with. Um, general audiences and and I really wanted to make a film that would be indistinguishable from something that you would see uh on a you know any that any studio would put out in terms of the aesthetic because uh, yeah. I felt like that was a way to really also that was a way strangely to stand out in film festivals because a lot of films don't like you said don't look that way or feel that way in right. the festival circuit there um and so for me it was a marriage of all those ideas and it was a big gamble because again we didn't have the money so I worked with some really talented people who uh, were able to donate a lot of time and certainly we able to accrue some equipment, find the right location and had everybody on board with this idea that uh, we, could, we could tell a very big story um, with big ideas with, with not a lot of money, but make it feel like we had um, yeah. a budget, you know? It, it generally looked like that, um, but also, I mean, the, the words felt genuine and the words felt real they didn't feel um what's the word i'm looking for it just it didn't feel um i don't know like sort of like you know the the minor league i guess it felt like it was all so real and the, the acting right. as well so it's like right. it just it didn't feel bootleg at all it was so right. it, you know what i'm saying like in some of these people that don't have the money to maybe get actors or get you know Right. This all just, it was just all so, so A-list to me that- um, Oh, thank you. That's yeah, so sweet. I just think it, it needs to get out there. And also the subject matter, I was like, right. oh, I didn't know that. I mean, maybe I'm an idiot, but I was like, I did not know that. And it was, it was so heavy and it was so interesting. I was curious what, what um, inspired you to, to cover this and to do this, or do you have any ties to Zimbabwe? Um, uh, to, to get back to something that you had uh, you had mentioned before, uh, what what inspired the the really honing in on the script and the um, the aesthetic and and really all the efforts that went into telling this story was very much the seriousness of the subject matter because mm -hmm. it was something that as an outsider as an American telling this African uniquely African story, it it was a bit like I knew I was going to have a lot of criticism either way and a lot of energy that was going to come out at me in that way. And so I thought, you know, let me do everything I can possibly do to tell as authentic a story as possible while honoring um, the people who, who, are, who went through this and are still going through this on both sides of the issue. Uh, so for me, no, I, don't have, I didn't have a personal connection uh, initially. I, I was at the time just kind of meandering and searching for a story to tell. I knew I wanted to, to tell a story that encompassed all of the themes that ended I ended up finding in this story but as you know when you're I was primarily just you know working as an actor in television and which was which is great which can be great but it's like I felt there was there was something there was a perspective and there was an uh, there was a desire for storytelling that I had that wasn't quite fulfilled uh, and so I had a friend that was living in Zimbabwe for a couple of years and started telling me about these stories from that part of the world and some of the conflicts that were going on and the issues there. And I was fascinated, endlessly fascinated by it and just started some, doing some digging and starting hearing about this, this issue. And I thought, wow, I've never seen um, a, a, a film about this, a movie about this. You know, uh, I, there were a couple of documentaries that I saw 
that were really interesting, but I thought this is a real opportunity to tell a story with complexity that would be new to it, you know, a lot of audience, like a new, certainly to an American audience. I've, a lot of people have said to me what you said to me, which is I didn't really know about this. Right. Um, and so there was, a, there was certainly an opportunity to tell a, a, what felt like an original story, um, but through classical means, because I kept seeing with, with the themes of the story, I kept seeing the iconography of like the American Western, the feeling of, of that kind of, those themes that you see in the Western, like someone standing their ground, and then uh, against a, an oncoming force, but then, yeah. you know, subverting it because it's not like good guys and bad guys by any stretch. I mean, everyone has their point of view mm -hmm. and it's not clear. And so I thought, um, how can I tell this story? And then how the hell could I do it as a short film? Because I knew like the idea of doing it as a feature would be beyond the, like, beyond the scope. Like, how would I be able to do that uh, with the money and everything? But I thought as a short, let's see if we can do this. And then it kind of just gelled from there. It was, you know, endless research, reading books, watching documentaries, speaking to people from that part of the world. Um, yeah. And the research, the research never really ended all the way up through the edit. Like we, I was doing tweaks of dialogue and, um, wow. and, you know, uh, you know, in the beginning of the film, there's, there's a little bit of backstory in terms of setting you up to what this world is. I uh, love and, that. And it was so necessary. <laughs> to yeah. Have I that mean, because, yeah, yeah. I, that, but, that, that was endlessly, um, like I pawed over that every single time my editor and I went into the edit, um, Anisha Acharya, who, who actually uh, two years earlier had edited one of the Oscar nominated film, a short film. So we were in very, very good. Uh, we were in a very good care with her. She's wonderful. And so her and I just endlessly went over like, I don't want too many words at the beginning of the story because I don't want to immediately lose our audience, but yeah, I need, exactly. need something there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so thank you for saying that because like that's where we landed. And I think we landed in just a, a good spot. It got, like I said, it hooked me from the beginning. I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And something else that I really appreciated was sort of like you said, there's no good guys and bad guys, like the quote unquote bad guy or who you think is, is the, you know, right. villain here. I mean, he, you understand where he's coming from. He's not, yeah. he's not necessarily right to murder or anything. No, we're but, not advocating for that. Yeah. Right. But you, you get it. And then, you know, it's just, so it's, it was very interesting to me where I, you know, my husband, he always, he was comparing that to, you know, Native Americans and just sort of what right. we did to them. And he was saying, no, I get it. Like, you know, it's, I totally get it. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. Um, right. But it's, it just was such an interesting subject matter that we don't hear about. Like you said, there's not a movie about this. So it's really important, I think, for people to watch this. Thank you, Lauren. Well, that's why we're putting it out. I mean, once... Once it ran the festival circuit um, and it did what it did and, and uh, you know, it got a, a bunch of wonderful accolades that, that we were all so appreciative for, um, you know, it, it, the opportunity came up to put it on like, you know, uh, um, they call them electronic sell-throughs like Amazon and, and um, iTunes and all those things. And, and that process was so drawn out and, and long. And I thought, you know what? screw it. Let's just, let's just put it online for free for everybody. I mean, let's just let people, cause I still get messages from people all over the world who are like, when, when can we see this film? Yeah. I'm like, you know, um, let's just put it online. Let's just put it uh, so that people can see also like the amazing work that the, our cinematographer, Matthew McCarr, like our editor, Anisha Asharia, our entire cast and crew uh, really contributed to this. It's like, I just want it out there for people to see. Um, and, that, um, and so you said, yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's very admirable and very nice, but I guess how do you how do you recoup on this if you don't put it on Amazon or iTunes or well you don't you don't 
Um, okay. Yeah, sh short, short films, but short films are like, let's be honest, short films are not a money-making venture. Um, sure. by, by and large, short films are made by filmmakers who are trying to get their, their foot in the door, right? They're, you know, they're, they're trying to get their, their sort of filmmaking journey going, or they're, they're they, you know, maybe just had a cool idea for a short they wanted to put together. And, and I don't know, like, but, but most of the filmmakers that I meet that make shorts are just anxious to make something bigger, right? Not, not all, but many are. Um, and I would actually get that question a lot. It's like, why don't you, why are you making a short? Why are you, why don't you make this a feature? Like I would get that endlessly to this day. I still get that. But in my, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, um, I think that if I can make something that is, condensed and shorter and people will want to see that, then they'll, they'll want to see something bigger that we do. There are so many people who, and, and I say this with, with love because I have, I have friends in this space, you know, they, they, they sort of muse on endlessly about making these big, big projects, but the short projects that they've made um, haven't really met their expectations. And my, my argument was from a logical standpoint, why would anyone want to watch two hours of something that you've made if, if they can't get through five minutes of something that you've made? A, a great storyteller is a great storyteller. It just, it's just right. investment yeah. in craft and story. It's rather than the romance and the idea of making something just to make something. I want to be a director. I want to be an actor. It's like, well, what are you trying to say? Like what, and, and how are you saying it? And, and for me, yeah. I, I had that in my mind very early on from this process. It's like, Let's try to tell a complex, interesting, fascinating, moving story in a in a short period of time, mm -hmm. and as use that as 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 the benchmark and have it have the challenge be that. And if we can do that, then we then perhaps we can ta tackle something on a grander scale. Right, and no, you hundred percent made the right decision. I mean, this was perfect as a short film, and. Um, it just says a lot about you. You know what I mean? You, you didn't want to throw something out there that was so-so just to do a feature. You wanted to do a perfect film. And in order to do oh, well. a perfect film, you- Thank you. Start. So, so this is going to be available um, on Vimeo June 2nd. That's where you're going to have it. Yeah, yes. Uh, okay. Just, yeah, available on Vimeo. Um, and you know, hoping that um, the idea being is that if we, you know, as one last hurrah for the film, uh, putting it out on Vimeo on the, on, on the day, on June 2nd, and announcing it ahead of time. Hopefully, there'll be a little bit of energy generated through yeah. social media, people sharing it, and then maybe um, it can land on the front page on Vimeo, which will allow more people to to see it. Um, because again, I think, I think you know, there's a poignancy to the story that's, that's it's not, it's a uniquely Zimbabwean and an African story, but as you said, and your husband mentioned, it's a universal idea and a universal theme that every single culture has a version of. It's just our way in is is through this Zimbabwean story that is uh, relatively current, and right. so and actually this kind of what's what happened in our film, what drama, what's dramatized in our film is actually my understanding. It continues to happen in now in South Africa and other areas um, in the region, and so it's an ongoing story, uh, but an ongoing story for sort of humanity and the idea of colonialism and the idea of who has the right to to this land. I mean, it's again the, the Native American. Um, the Native American issue is one that we still re wrestle with the ghosts of that to this day. And, um, and it's, I think that hopefully whatever culture one comes from, um, that they can find something relatable in that story. But ultimately, again, it's a moving story, like you said, and it's one that hopefully will provide some kind of inspiration. And, um, and especially now with what's everything that's going on in the world, like I thought, 
it, it is a heavy subject matter in a way, but the film to me doesn't feel like it's a downer. Um, no, at all. It's definitely not a downer. It's gripping. It's, um, I mean, like I'm a white girl. I love drama. So <laughs> right there, it kind of, it, it got me and it's going to get a lot of other people, <laughs> but you're right. It's, it's not a downer. It's definitely not a downer. I agree with you on that, even though it's serious. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for everyone to see this. I'm excited to put it out there because like I said, I'm, you know, this is my own stamp of approval. So, um, it Thank just, you, Lauren. yeah, of course it, it, again, it just, you know, it means a lot to me to, to really be into something that, um, I'm covering and promoting. So, so yeah, so let's just switch to you, um, for, for a minute, just because I've been talking to a lot of actors lately, a lot of directors, um, and it sounds like you guys are all in the same boat here where you're just kind of like wondering when things are going to um, start picking back up again. So sure. I talked to some people who were like, yeah, we're still submitting self tapes, but we're not really sure when production's right. going to start on anything. But um, were you, were you in production on anything? Did anything happen where you had to stop and it just completely uh, screwed with you? Uh, I had just wrapped a, um, a guest spot on NCIS Los Angeles, hmm. um, right kind of before everything started happening. And um, I think it aired maybe like a week or so before the, the lockdown started. So it was, an, it was an interesting space to be in because, you know, it was a it was a, it was a great job and it was it was a kind of a flashy job in that it got a lot of press um yeah. but you know so then the feeling is it's like okay cool like a little momentum is picking up you know because yeah. the actor's career is like is like this so for me it was it was a it was a really cool flashy network job um and it was a it was a you know it, i mean i don't want to spoiler alert but the part the the, the part was one that you know, it was one of those kind of TV, wonderful TV tropes of the good guy, federal agent guy who ends up being not so good, you know, and so, and they ended up keeping, so they ended up, they ended up, um, interestingly enough, like, as it was scripted, it seemed like they were going to kill the character off at the end of the episode. And then literally at the 11th hour, as I was being squibbed, um, you know, they're like, oh, do you hear the good news? Uh, you're, they're, they're keeping you alive. So, Presumably, somebody at the network or, or, or the, um, the the great writers on that show were happy with what I was doing, um, so I was told, and then they decided to keep me around. So in the back of my head, I'm like, right. oh, cool, maybe I'll, I'll get to come back and do some, play a little more in the sandbox. Right. Um, and then, of course, everything shuts down. And um, and yeah. so, yeah, like, it's, again, like, so my, my perspective was one where momentum was picking up, and there was a little bit of energy there, and then everything right. stopped. Right. Um, which is more fortunate than, than a lot of folks. Again, uh, I'm, I'm, we have to recognize like, you know, we're definitely sitting in a, a place of privilege. If we're, if we're, if our main concern is just, Oh, well, when is work going to pick back up and when are opportunities going to start generating again? Um, sure. We, you know, I think that, so for me, um, it, it keeps that all in perspective. Right. Uh, and, right. And, and so, yeah, you can't help it. You're, you know, you've got to, <laughs> you kind of got to wait until, until everybody gets the okay to start production. And, and I've, yeah. I've read that people are starting to, to, they want to launch production in these random countries that seem like everything's okay. <laughs> it just seems right. um, just not, not great. I guess. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, are you really that desperate to start? I think there's a lot of things in post-production that, that people can still work on and then hopefully push out or just projects that have been right. in the wings that, you know, I don't know. Because again, that's, I think it's, 
the same for me too, where it's like, I don't know what is going to happen for the press um, and just covering these things if nothing's, nothing's happening. I'm just hoping that, you know, a lot of things right. are in post-production. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they are. They are. A lot of things are in post. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there are some things that are casting. I know that there's some talk of like different pandemic themed shows that have been sold. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little skeptical of how much people are going to want to really dive back into this after having lived it. Um, you know, after one, you know, I, I'm not so sure. I, um, I say that now, but watch me get cast in some pandemic show tomorrow. Like, oh, it's great. It's, you know, we're so Well, you know, there's a this. lot of things we can joke about, I think, just depending right. on the situation that we're in. Um, but it, yeah, it might be too soon. I don't know. I'm like, well, yeah, we'll see. It depends on the, the person who's doing it and how they're doing it. Like, you know, I mean, my wife and I are watching um, Dead to Me right now on Netflix. And I don't I know if you've seen that. that. Yeah, I finished it's, it. We're in the second season, so don't yeah. spoil it yet. Uh, so but, but like, it's a, sh it's a show about really heavy stuff and yet it's done so elegantly and so funny. And, and it just shows you, it's just, it's, it's, it's the person that's holding the pen, you know, it's not the pen, yeah. it's the person who's holding it. And mm -hmm. I think that um, there's definitely some great stories out there that are, you know, and I, I speak with my writer friends now and some of them are like, oh, I feel like I have to capitalize on what's going on. How do I, how do I tell a story about this? And I'm like, yo, there's like wow. literally millions of stories right now that are unfolding as we go. Um, everyone has their own kind of thing and you know, own struggle that they're going through, um, whether right. it be with their health or, or with their finances or just existentially being separated from everybody else. Um, mm -hmm. My feeling is, is optimistic. I think that, um, you know, human, humanity is resilient. Um, we snap back sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. And I think that yeah. ultimately um, the way things are going, it's like, this is a temporary situation that will bounce back. There, there might be some, you know, uh, permanent reminders of it, certainly in terms of, of, of life and death, but also in terms of how the business, in, in terms of the business, how the business will change in keeping um, casting crews safe. Because I'll, I'll tell you something, like um, crews, before all this happened, like you're 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 in a you're in a like a summer camp of people, really condensed in a tight space. A lot of people coming from a lot of different places. And it's one of those things where you kind of know, like I know instinctively when I'm going to the craft service table. Uh, I'm, I'm staying away from the stuff that's like communal, like buffet, like everyone's yeah. touching. Because one, like I can't, as an actor, like I can't get sick. I lose this. This is an important gig. I don't want to lose yeah. it. And plus, I don't want to get anybody else sick. So, um, right. you know, I remember I was doing a guest spot on a TV show once and a star of the show and I had to have some like physical kind of interaction and, and I was sort of being manhandled a little bit um, in, the, in the scene. And the star had just come off of having the flu, like literally just come off and was still like, you know, coughing and sneezing. Oh, and I'm like, no. and he's, and, and, but I'm, I'm the, I'm the guest star, right? So yeah. I can't really, I didn't feel like, hey, excuse me, don't touch me, sir. Star of the show, you right, know, multi-million right. dollar episode guy. And, um, I mean, Wait, what not, and, just curious. I, I, I can't say. Oh, okay. Um, but, but, um, but that being said, like, and, and not that no one was, had ill intent, but in the back yeah. of my head, it's like, how can I protect myself in this situation from getting sick? And then when you have something as serious as, as COVID, then it's, it's, it's like, well, yeah, I really don't want to get this or expose anyone in my family to it right. or anything like that. Right. So I, I hope and think that, um, and, and that goes for other kinds of intimate scenes as well. Like, you know, not just, you know, action stuff, but also like intimate, like kissing scenes and ah, stuff. Like yeah. it's, 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 like I know to the outside there there's the fantasy that people have uh, outside of the business like oh uh, well you, it's like 
sounds like it's fun. You get to, to get kiss and be intimate with, with strangers. I'm like, not really. Like, cause you don't really know where that person's been. They don't know where you've been. And now and that's crazy. Now I it's mean, like, that is insane. Actually, I forget who I was talking to about that, but we had this come up about the kissing scenes and right. it's like, are they going to take temperatures before? I don't know. It's just so, so. Yeah. So it, it, it makes you think, yeah. Actors are going to have to, you know, um, productions especially, but actors are going to have to really um, be cautious about what they do um, and what they're comfortable with and, and speak up, like speak up and say, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And production, I think, is going to be more inclined now to to listen to that um, because they don't want the fallout of what will happen if it goes public that you know, so-and-so will be, could be knocked out too. I mean, seriously, yeah, the whole yeah. set be shut down. Um, so the, the, it's good that these, I think it's good that these conversations are happening. I, I do worry about, we talk about low budget stuff, like, you know, the, the bigger budget productions and TV and, and will be able to, to handle the changes, but the lower right. budget productions in terms of longer hours and taking people's temperatures and separating, like, I wonder how that's going to affect, I worry about how that's going to affect smaller budget productions who can't really afford to, to um, I don't know, I guess maybe protect people in the way that the bigger budget productions do. So that being said, I do think that things will, will snap back. Um, maybe it'll be a little different, but I, I you know. Um, right. The, whether it be uh, world wars or whether it be the, the, the pandemic uh, of the early 20th century, um, movies and tele uh, movies specifically because there wasn't television then endured and they went on and um and i think it's the same for now uh so shows are being sold uh i'm you know in the process of developing and writing things and and people are still looking for for uh stories and so um it's easy to get catastrophic about these things and and worry but like the truth is, as an as an actor, as a working actor, you never really know where your next opportunity is come, coming from anyway. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us maybe have been sort of um, in some way well prepared for the fact that you just don't know what's going to happen. And for me, it's like what, what, what keeps me outside of getting too much in my head about that is just continuing to find stories I want to write and people that I want to work with and and keep because we can still do that. Right. Like we can still write. We can still talk with people and confer ideas. Um, but, uh, but yeah, on camera, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. You, you are very positive about this, which is good. You have a nice outlook on it. Um, more positive yeah. than some people that I've talked to. <laughs> so that's really nice yeah. to hear. Um, but also I think not all actors are maybe as creative in the sense that they can write as well. A lot of actors don't write, let's be honest. Um, so yeah. it's great that you, that you have that and you have that, um, you know, you have that, that vision also. Um, oh, that's very sweet. I mean, look, look, everyone meets you where they are and, and, um, it takes, it takes a little bit of effort. There are some days that are heavier than others, but, uh, you know, and, and by the way, uh, yeah, a lot of actors don't write, but nobody writes until they do. And it's just like, it's just about, yeah. you know, and I tell actors that all the time. They're like, well, I can't write. I'm not a writer. I'm like, yeah, neither was I or anybody else until we just started. And then it's not like talent that makes you a writer. It's writing that makes you a writer. So just, just like, you know, um, don't limit yourself. And I, if any, if there are any actors listening to this, it's like, yeah, writing is, if it's, if it feels too hard, it is hard. It's, it's very hard to stare at a blank page and come up with that first draft of something, knowing that it's going to change and shift and probably not going to be that good initially. Cause it's not like wow. very few first drafts are ever worth the damn, but it's so important just to get that down so that you can go back and like start changing and shifting. That's the, the real fun stuff. 
Um, but yeah, that blank page is, uh, is, is intimidating that, that blinking yeah. cursor, you know, I mean, that's, I get it. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, I write, but for different reasons, not for, <laughs> not, not scripts or anything like that, but oh my gosh, I'm just, yeah, I'm not exactly creative. Um, <laughs> I would disagree, uh, I would disagree with that. If you're writing, like you're coming, you're, you're tapping in your, your creativity regardless. Like, so even if you're writing, like I do, um, so the one, the, the acting work that's still around is voiceover work. Um, it's cause there's, so I do a fair bit of that. Wait, okay. Oh, that's um, cool. And, I think about that. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of that stuff from home. And even when I'm reading commercial copy, like someone wrote this, like someone is being creative. Someone is like, you yeah. know, and so it's, it's, everyone taps into it in their own way, like writing scripts and having it be on the screen. That's fancy and sexy and, you know, and like all kinds yeah. of things, but, but like, it's just, it's, there's no different in, in terms of like where it's coming from in your, in your heart. It's just, you're, you're trying to express something. And whether it's through a commercial or through the vessel of story or, or through doing, you know, PR stuff, it's like, um, you're, you're still tapping into that part of yourself. That's a good point. That's, thanks for saying that. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually just starting the Mayans also in quarantine. Cool. So I'm excited to see you in that. Um, cool. I was a huge Sons of Anarchy fan. Again, like the violence thing. <laughs> You're, yeah, you, you're going to enjoy this then. I think yeah, it's plenty so of that. I, yeah. I'm really excited to, to see you in that. And I'm, I mean, I also love Emilio Rivera. He's so incredible. Um, yeah. So it was, it's, nice guy. Yeah. Is he cool to work with? He must be awesome to work with. Um, I, I didn't get to do any one-on-one -on -one scenes with him. Um, okay. Uh, cause it's a, it's a huge cast. So like right. we all have yeah. our little threads and our storylines. Yes. Um, but I, I, I met him because we would do table reads before every episode where we would read the script. Uh, and, um, I, I met him uh, a couple of times and just a, just a sweet, very nice man. Is he like a teddy Everybody, bear? <laughs> like, cause he's so yeah. intimidating. I, did, I didn't try to squeeze him. I didn't try to squeeze him, but, um, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, it's interesting. I'll tell you something funny about that show. Like, um, Kurt Sutter, uh, who created it with Elgin James, uh, uh, he would say that uh, the, that cast had more jail time than screen time. <laughs> so when you would sit around the table, like, you know, you'd see all these just genuine badass dudes, like, tatted up and, like, you know, and then there'd be, like, you know, I'd be sitting off in the corner, like, you know, like, hey, I'm the actor, everybody. <laughs> Um, no, but like it, it, the, everyone was so sweet. And I find that, like, the more genuinely badass truly badass someone is who and then some of these guys have lived real lives yeah um and you know they're just they don't flaunt it they're kind they're gentle they're sweet uh and um it it was a really cool thing especially in the latin hispanic community to to be a part of a show that was so i think groundbreaking in a lot of ways uh, mm -hmm. when you see it you, you know you'll get it like because um, it, it really, it goes into a lot of interesting themes. And, and in terms of like the cast, it was an international cast of, of Latin Hispanic cast members, all of us from different backgrounds of that world. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it was a real, it was a tremendous honor to be a the part of that show. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be happy to come back and play in that sandbox again, for sure. I, I'm really excited. I, I had started it at one point and then I stopped because I, like it was, I mean, it was on at like 10 p.m. Or, or something, which is like too late for me apparently because I would always fall asleep. Right. <laughs> so that was my problem. Like I have to wait until like it's all, you know, I can stream it. I so, get it. <laughs> yeah. On Hulu. It's on Hulu now. So. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm watching it. And I'm, yeah, yeah. That, that's so sad. I, I can't like watch live TV anymore because I can't stay up. <laughs> um, my wife has the same issue. So I have to make sure not to start like, whatever we're watching. I'm like, are you good? Are you, you yeah. going to stay up for this? Because yeah. So two seconds later, we're passed out. I honestly. 100%. 
crazy. Like my husband sent me a meme the other day about that, where it's like, she wants to watch a movie one minute, 42 seconds in. She's like, it's <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for, uh, for really spreading the word about the Zim and you know, it's a short film, so it's all word of mouth. And, yeah. um, and I just, you know, hope people can tune in and enjoy it. So thank you for supporting the film. Of course. Like I said, I am so excited for people to see it. Um, hold on, I'm going to... Okay, so that was Alexander Bedria talking about his short film, The Zim. And again, I encourage all of you to watch it. Um, it's on my Facebook page, Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast, or just Google it, whatever. It's 16 minutes, and um, it's it's so worth your time. So, okay, guys, thanks for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and if you could just rate the podcast on Apple. I would be so, so appreciative and it would mean so much to me. So thank you so much for listening and until next time. Thanks for listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous. Until next time. Until next time.